You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview mystery, thrillers, and suspense authors. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 192. So I'm back from a one-month hiatus, uh, sort of. I've been busy writing my new uh, crime thriller books, which, by the way, uh, the third book in my Elijah Shaw crime thriller series is out now. It's uh, called Always There. And you can pre-order it right now on Amazon if you go over to thrillingreads.com forward slash Shaw 3. You can pre-order it there and Amazon will automatically send it to you on November 29th when it's released. Nice and easy. Since I've been busy writing those books, I've been publishing three books this year. Um, I've been putting the uh, interviews on the back uh, burner. Uh, but I do have uh, new episodes coming out later this month with new, uh, f- with brand new interviews, uh, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, it's got me thinking, you know, speaking of writing here, I've been thinking about it. Uh, when I'm not writing, I'm thinking about writing. Uh, so I started uh, thinking back to all the wonderful authors that I've interviewed on the podcast here. And uh, usually I ask them uh, advice, uh, what advice I would have for an aspiring writer. And so I went back to listen to a few of those uh, old older episodes and uh, ended up uh, curating a few of my favorites uh, from my interviews with the likes of uh, Dean Koontz, Walter Mosley, Tess Garrison, and others. And so that's what I did for this a very special edition of Meet the Thriller Author, advice and writing from a few best-selling thriller authors. Enjoy this, and you find this uh, motivating and inspiring, uh, especially if you're an aspiring author. And even if you're not a writer, uh, this is uh, it's always I think it's always cool to how these best-selling authors uh, think and know uh, about their process. So I hope you enjoy this little uh, kind of like a greatest hits the type compilation that I put together. And like I said, I do have uh, new interviews coming up here uh, later this uh, month of November. So stay tuned for that. So without further ado, here's my little uh, hit parade that I put together for everyone. Enjoy. Dean Kuntz. Before I let you go, I was kind of curious if, um, for aspiring writers who are listening to this interview, if you have would have any advice for them, especially with all the changes that have been occurring in publishing in the last few years. Yeah, it's it's challenging. It's not as easy to break in as it used to be. You would think it w- would be because of Kindle and because of uh, the ability to more easily self-publish, and if you've got what it takes, be recognized for that. But in my estimation, publishers have not done a good job, uh, mainstream publishers, of adapting to the new world. They still still want to do things in a way they've always been done before. And it's, uh, it's going to take some, uh, for instance, letting the paperback business sort of die on them, I think was their greatest mistake. Uh, and then insisting on pricing ebooks at the level of trade paperbacks was another mistake. They should price them at the level of, of paperbacks because that's the market they're replacing. Uh, so all of these things have have made it harder on writers to break in. But the opportunities are still there, and it still comes down to the quality of storytelling and the, the, the how exciting the idea might be. And... I think I've always said this, and I think it's no less true and maybe more so, that uh, if somebody looks at a, a career like mine, for instance, and thinks, oh, what a smooth experience that must have been. Uh, but the fact is, I was writing for about 17 years uh, and a lot of books before I ever hit the bestseller list. And then after I hit it, I was not 
welcomed with open arms by publishers. There were arguments that I've written about this. When, when Strangers and the Watchers hit the hardcover list, I delivered lightning, and my publisher didn't want to publish it, told me to put it on the shelf for uh, seven years, because if I published it, it would destroy my growing career. And there were all kind of reasons why this was supposedly the case, but I didn't think they were true. I just thought they were just old thinking. Uh, For instance, uh, I was told because the lead of Lightning is a child for the first quarter of the book, that makes it a young adult novel. Well, no. Uh, Oliver Twist is a child throughout a novel, and it doesn't make it a young adult novel. Uh, So there were all these common wisdoms in publishing that weren't really wisdom. And uh, I forced the publication of it, and it became the it would have been number one if they had kept reprinting it like they should have. But we went to number three and did very well with it. Um, and then the next book was Midnight, and it was the first time I hit number one. And my publisher called me up and said, I've got great news, because uh, you learn you're going to be number one on the list about 10 days before, because they print the book review section a week ahead of the paper. And... Um, I said, uh, I didn't know what she meant. She said, you're going to be number one on the New York Times. Before I could even whoop with joy, she said, but don't get excited. This will never happen to you again. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You don't write the kind of books that can be uh, number one bestsellers. And we had five more number ones in a row, or four more number ones in a row. And my publisher every time told me, this will be the last one of these you had. And at that point, I said, you know what? I have to get someplace where they think this could happen again. And so it never was as smooth from within as it probably appeared from without. So my best advice to writers is never lose faith in your own work. You have to just persevere. You have to be able to take criticism and understand when it's right and discern when it isn't. Uh, but and you have to be humble about that. But other than that, you're, when all the setbacks happen, as inevitably they will, there are writers that, boom, they're there and nothing ever seems to go wrong. But in my experience, that's not the normal pathway. And uh, so perseverance, determination is more important. Walter Mosley. You're right. You're right. You're writing. All of these new ideas are happening in your head. You're not thinking about them. You're just thinking about what you're trying to write. Then you put that away. You go home, you go to sleep. The whole day, that night, the next morning, finally you get back to the the page again, and there are all these new ideas in your head. They came from what you were thinking yesterday. Every day you do that, you get deeper into who you are and, and what kind of story you're telling. You know, every day, every day, every day, every day. When you stop writing a day, things start to float away. Two days, they're even farther. Three days, you got to start from the beginning again. If you write a novel, you, you, you put off three days, you might as well just start from the first page and read it and say, what did I do? Tess Carrotson. It's really important to leave your editor, to shut your editor up off and, you know, shut her up in a, in a closet somewhere and just play and play with the story. And then only after the first draft is finished, do I go back and, and look at the flaws and then start to rewrite. How many drafts do you usually uh, write? Well, yeah, generally seven. Oh, wow. I mean, that's <laughs> because I have such bad first yeah. drafts. I have to go back and fix and fix and oh, fix. That's good. To, that's, a, that's great for uh, 
the listeners who are writing sometimes think, oh, the, the first draft is so terrible. Well, I th- usually it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you have to give yourself permission to write badly because nobody's ever going to give yourself permission to write badly because nobody's ever going to see that draft. It's just, it's just, you just sort of like put out the story and the story will change on you. I had. Lisa Reagan. The first thing I would say is read, 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 and read. Um, you should do your best to choose a, a genre. I'm not, that's not to say that you can't work in other genres, but typically if you put out one book and readers love it, they're going to want more of the same. So, and it, and typically publishers, you know, they're looking for, you know, to grow your audience. So it's it's a lot easier if you have a genre. And then once you've chosen it, you should read as much as possible within it. Know what's going on, know what the tropes are, know what the devices are, uh, that sort of thing. And then I would say write as much as you can. Even if you're not working on a manuscript per se, if you're writing notes, if you're writing emails, if you're writing letters to your Congress people, um, whatever. If you're getting your thoughts from your brain onto a page, that is excellent. That is practice. That's going to serve you well. John Land. I would say, but I, I, it bears repeating, and that is have fun telling a great story. But the problem with if you do that, you're still going to need an editor. You're still going to have to listen to other people. Publishing is collaborative effort. Writing, let me put it this way, writing of any kind, especially screenwriting, but publishing also. Writing is a collaborative effort. Publishing is a collaborative effort. It takes a team to be successful. They say in court, that a lawyer who defends himself has a fool for a client. A writer who edits his own book or her own book has a lousy book because you need objectivity. You need someone else to say, and if you're self-publishing, find the money to pay an editor. Do not self-publish anything that is not edited structurally, schematically, and conceptually, but also line edited. Nothing is worse than typos on every page in a self-published book. However you're choosing to exploit the medium, whether it be self-publishing, independent, with a smaller press, with one of the top five, some hybrid combination, you have to be a professional. You have to think like a professional. Create like an artist, but think like a professional. There would be the advice I would give. There you have it. You know, I've interviewed over 200 authors for this podcast, and the advice shared by these five best-selling authors is what I've heard over and over again. Uh, you need to persevere. The publishing business is a rough and tumble. Uh, you need to be a professional. Again, this is a tough business to make it in. Uh, don't let your uh, inner critic editor get in your head. And not sure who said this, uh, but I've heard this before, and I love uh, this analogy. Um, You can fix a bad first draft and make it better, but you can't fix a blank page. So you need to write, 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 write every day. And don't stop reading. Most of successful authors love to read. That's why we're doing this, because we enjoy reading. So don't stop reading. And then probably the number one advice, like I already mentioned, is write, write, write. Get into a writing habit and write every day. Uh, One final thing. I'm planning to add a sponsorship opportunity to this podcast in the future, uh, which I'll be calling the Author Spotlight. If featured, I will mention the author's name, a title of their book, and a website address. Include a max of two authors per, per author spotlight segment. 
and uh, I will need to check the book to you know to make sure that it's a good fit for the podcast and all that. And of course, if you're listening to this and you're interested in sponsoring the Author Spotlight, you need to be uh, writing in the thriller mystery genre. So if you're interested, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash spot, and I'll have the information on there. All right, that's it. Uh, next uh, episode, we'll be back to uh, the regular programming with a brand new interview with a mystery thriller author. Until next time, stay safe out there.